Hello darlings, Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies, and welcome back to the Horror Motel. My gosh, we're in the throes of summer, but we are still being blighted by wintry weather. So, to kind of lean into that slightly, I thought we would talk about some of our favourite horror films, as we always do, but we're adding an extra layer on the cake just for our listeners, because we're going to be talking about some seminal TV shows. And I'm kind of cheating slightly here by including one that is a double episode opener of its original series. It was sold in the UK as one VHS, so <laughs> I'm cheating slightly. And uh, But we're going to talk about the film version of it as well. But before I do that, more importantly, the absolute goddess herself, please welcome to the stage the one and only Alison June Smith. Hello. <laughs> Is this my camera? Is this my camera? Is this my camera? I'm delighted to be here again with you. So excited to talk about this yes. week. I'm still reeling from last week us oh, talking about yeah, V. v um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is going to be absolutely wonderful. Mm. But before we get into that, before mm. we get into that, uh, I hope you have had a lovely week. I took a little bit of a holiday, actually. Ooh, I, did you do? I did. Oh. Yeah. What happened? What happened? He, me and Danny went and visited my very good friend and hilarious Canadian stand-up, Stuart Francis. Um, and he is up in Musselburgh, so we went and spent a few days up in Scotland, in Musselburgh, just outside of Scotland. Uh, we went for walks. We saw castles. Uh, we saw, which is so funny. Look, Scotland, the land of castles and all <laughs> yes. sorts of architecture. The first time I went to Edinburgh, I'll never forget. Uh, my mm. friends were like, oh, when you get there, you, you, you must go see the castle. When you get to Edinburgh, you must go see the castle. And I got off the train and I was like, oh, my God, look at the castle. And my friends were like, that's a bank. <laughs> because every day, <laughs> I was like, look at, look at that castle. They're like, that's the Primark. Uh, because... <laughs> yes, it's true, though, isn't it? It's very true. Looks... Like a castle, like everything in Scotland, you're like, that McDonald's is stunning. Like everything, mm. the architecture. So it was lovely to have a, a few days off and just walk and, and mm. drink and eat and, and catch up with friends. And yeah, it was it was a very, it was a lovely week. It was a lovely week. Gave me a little bit of a break. I was able to watch what we're going to talk about Ooh. in the evenings. I would be like, I'm going to adjourn to my boudoir. And I would be like, I'm so tired. But it was really just so I could get into bed and watch a little bit of this uh, <laughs> on my own every night. Um, so yeah, so that's what I did, which was lovely. What about you? What have you been up to this week, my my darling? Well, we've just done, this is how scary the year is, begin to hop, skip and jump towards Christmas because we've just okay. done the promo for Pantomime this year. I've signed up again and returning <gasps> to the land of Pantomime which Yay! I've done for, for, <laughs> for about oh gosh I've forgotten how long it is. It's about 30 years I think I've been doing it. On and on. I haven't done it so much in the, because of the pandemic and because of family issues I didn't do it so much in the last three years uh, but I thought it was time to come back to it and I almost did it last year but because I'd done the ITV show which was pantomime orientated on Britain's Got Talent as a, as a pantomime Dane group I was a bit like mm, not sure I'm ready to go back yet even though I've just done this 
TV series about it. Uh, but this year, I thought, you know what, it's time to go back. So it's great fun. The cast are really lovely. I mean, Rickmansworth this year, which is kind of west, northwest of London. Uh, so it's still commutable, fingers crossed, from home. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's funny how uh, these things just creep up. And it was my life for a very, very, very long time before I sort of kind of concentrated more on Bunny Galore and the horror movie stuff. Um, and I love it. It's, it's just, I, I love I- it. Can I step in just for a minute? For yeah, those of, of you, because look, I'm assuming we have listeners from all over the world, and mm. I did not know what pantomime was <sighs> yes, until I true. came to the UK, yes, yes. because pantomime is not necessarily North American, Canada, mm. you know, other. So, pantomime essentially, basically, and please correct me if mm. I'm wrong, uh, is taking one of the many fairy tales, one of the many classic tales, and basically you put it into theater production. And within pantomime, there are certain tropes and certain things that are always done. So you have your major characters, your familiar characters. Pantomime to me is kind of like a child version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Because it is, the audience gets involved. There are certain times, you know, where you yell out, you know, the villain's behind you. The (laughs) audience, you know, there's, it's a very audience interactive Mm. with the performers kind of thing. But again, usually the retelling of one of the classic tales. Yes. uh, With your traditional characters. uh, Always a, um, like, I mean, do we say drag? It's not drag. What, uh, what would no, you call it? People, in the, in the... I, I do, but like, look, it's it's very different to drag. It the it goes. It seems to be. It is the classic fairy tales told in a theatrical way on the stage. Yeah. But it has. Uh, I guess yeah. it would give Americans vibe of vaudeville, uh, and it would give yeah. uh, and probably a burlesque element as well. The comedy burlesque, uh, not not the pretty strippy burlesque. Um, and yeah. in the UK, uh, it, that sort of, we would have that kind of vaudeville style as well. But it's more Shakespearean. And as in, like, sh- the original Shakespearean uh, roots uh, of pantomime are, like, the fact that comes from the era of men playing girls on stage when women were banned from being yes. on stage. So, say, the nurse character in Romeo and Juliet, played by a man, is still there in pantomime as kind of the maternal figure. It's partly because um, I think it's it it can be, you can push the envelope slightly in taste, whether it would be slightly distasteful or uh, for a woman to have to like take a custard pie of the face or show her bloomers or uh, be laughed at for flirting with uh, the, you know, with a man on, on stage. Uh, for being an old bag type of character, whether a guy doing mm-hmm, it becomes mm-hmm. uh, doesn't become as derogatory, I think, <laughs> just yep. psychoanalyzing it quite a lot. But um, it, that's still there uh, up until I'd say the eighties. You still had the principal boy, the Prince Charmings, the Dandinis, the Aladdins, played by a girl. Because mm-hmm. in Victorian era uh, in the UK, uh, it was a way of getting girls on stage to show their legs in an area where you could show your legs. Uh, and it's also Ooh. kind of the roots of Commedia dell'arte, where you've got the original archetypes yes. of comedy. So you've got the the high status, the low status, the fool, the lovers. That is basically pantomime. Weirdly, when you're cast in pantomime, uh, it's very hard to break out of that casting bracket because you are cast as your archetype, whoever yes. you might be. Yes. Uh, uh, your base character. It's the strangest thing. So because last year I wanted to, I think, oh, I want to play fairy now. I want to play fairy godmother. No, I'm not going to get cast as that because I'm I'm in this archetype of being a funny, warm pantomime dame. So it's it's yeah. bizarre, isn't it? I could do it, but it's just one of those weird things. So it's it's great fun to return Whereas to it. Again. I yes, I would be fairy, fairy godmother. You are fairy I am, godmother. Yes, I was fairy. Yes. Yeah, yes. I was fairy godmother in, in 
impressed it when I did my my one and only pantomime. Uh, uh, which did you I'm enjoy not it? My only, I would love to do it. Yeah, I you should. Every moment You're of good, it. Good, good. I think it I would really it. suit you. I'm yeah. a musical theater. Yeah. I'm a theater girl. I've got a theater yes. background. I've done musical theater all my life. The first time I saw a pantomime, I was like, "Well, I think I was made to do this," uh, <laughs> and it was so fun. But yeah, I would never be cast in any other. I would be the the matronly or the probably the the kind of mother, the older yes. woman yeah. figure. That, that's you know, you you do you are like even if you want to like break yeah. off and be considered for something else, it's pretty stereotypical. It's, it's pretty. Yes. You I are do, this. Like, that is. I, yeah. I don't think either. Of us would be cast as the baddies really particularly uh we no. probably not that somebody couldn't play that but we could um uh, we could do it but i don't think we would ever be seen as that because we're not that type of person so it's, person. it's so yeah. weird isn't it but it's a lot of fun i've had i've had met it you know i've met a lot of incredible people through doing the big commercial shows or and the and the smaller ones i've made really great friends so it's it's a i've bond, bonded in fire with because uh, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, it's it's a big schedule it's it's a hard it's going intense. schedule it's, it's very intense very it's intense. like christmas time it starts and mm. i mean there there are companies that will do three three shows a day yeah, sometimes I mean, they do yeah yeah not very know, often for I'm sure never, usually yeah. in, i haven't done it in very peak often. season I, I did two i did a lot of two show days yes, like two, a, you know, two shows day is the standard yeah, yeah two shows is, is the standard yeah. you don't in fact if you do yeah. occasionally on the last very the last one i did in pre-pandemic i did a couple of one show days and it felt so wrong it felt like I feel like I feel like I forgot to do something. <laughs> it's the strangest I'm feeling. I'm cheating. I'm cheating. What? What one are you doing? <laughs> what is the story? What are you playing? What is? Uh, I'm playing nurse in uh, in uh, Sleeping Beauty. I was trying to remember the character name. Uh, oh. Dotty Doolittle. That was it. Nurse Dotty Doolittle oh. in Sleeping Beauty. Not a subject I've ever done before. I've never done that. I've done a lot of Cinderellas. A lot of Cinderellas. I've done Aladdins and Jack and the Beanstalks. Uh, but I've done like 50,000 Cinderellas in the last 30 years. But um, but I've not done Sleeping Beauty before. I've seen it, but I've never been in it. So it's quite that's quite a cute one to well. do. I'm so excited yes. for you then because this will be brand new then and very fun. And what are the dates that it is uh, uh, basically I'm going sh- for? Sure, it starts on the eighth of December and it close and it closes yeah. on New Year's Eve. So it closes on the thirty first of December. Seems to be the thing now. They used to go on in like a normal run would go an extra week into January, but depends every mm-hmm. every city, every town is different. So every every pantomime in every town and every city is different so you get the really massive ones different. like oh. the London Palladium Birmingham Hippodrome uh, I've, I've done the Hippodrome which is this huge 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 bigger than most West End shows I've worked on and then you get ones that are like so you need big spectacle and then there's you go into the north of England they're very funny in the south it's more about the magic and the storytelling and the fairy tale element I quite like I like a lot of magic and I like it to be funny but I like a good story as well yeah. so I think this one will be quite a nice yeah. Perfect, perfect mix. The cast are really lovely. Everyone's really solid. I'm really impressed by everybody. Everybody's really knows what they're doing. So it's, it, it should be fun. I should think it should be. Ask me again in January. Um, <laughs> and, and weirdly, no, I'm... the the film, the film, not the film, the TV show that I'm bringing to the Horror Motel today. Oddly, I discovered while doing a run of 
uh, of pantomime playing. I was the last time as Pretty Boy Dancer. That shows how long ago it was. Uh, in Jack <laughs> McBean. <laughs> Don't say that. You will always be Pretty Boy Dancer in my mind. You are always Pretty Boy Dancer, Martin. Exactly. In 2000, at the Millennium, 99 to 2000, I should say, uh, at the Millennium in Scotland, in Perth Rep. Uh, and because that run Ooh. went on for what felt like about eight months, we were there for a very long time. But at the point, yeah. at that point, BBC Two was showing the second series of this TV show, uh, and it was they should, would show it at uh, six o'clock in the afternoon. They would show it then at about eleven, twelve o'clock um, at night, which was perfect when you're coming home from a theatre show and in the days before streaming. And, uh, you know, the internet was around, but you didn't really have YouTube and you didn't have streaming at this point. Uh, So, um, and it was, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I fell in love with it then. And I thought I'd be wanting to bring it to the Horror Motel for ages. And I thought, well, it's the summer. We can kind of fudge it that the first two episodes, Welcome to the Hellmouth and The Harvest, are kind of uh, a one one long TV movie. And it was released on VHS in the UK as as just those two episodes. And I think originally on the uh, WB, the channel that showed it in America, they showed the episodes back to back on the on the opening night and it got about six million the ratings which is not like you know abc ratings but it was still very good for the wb and uh it was but the history of the show is is uh quite uh a roller coaster uh and mm-hmm. i'll try and surmise it with because uh, it's it's hard to do it justice uh it's something i love so much it's a bit like doctor who it's like oh i want to get it right um, but so originally it was a, a 1992 film written by Joss Whedon, uh, though he has uh, he, yep. he only wrote it. So the, the, unfortunately, the movie version they then the studio then took and made it into quite a broad comedy. Now I decided to rewatch the movie as well uh, uh, in the end because I thought because if the main baddie, uh, not the main baddie, that kind of the second command baddie vampire is played by Paul Rubens, as in Pee Wee Herman, who's just passed away. When we're recording this, he's just uh-huh. passed away literally just passed so yeah. i'm glad yes. uh, actually i'm really glad that we're talking about this so we can yeah. give a little homage again to yeah, somebody exactly. who you know really great, great career and yeah and, he's and really if you different haven't watched oh he's so different in so it so like, different yes his baddie is so good and in fact uh, so i first saw the movie before the like i saw the movie before i yes. got into the tv series in fact i would say the movie stands out more in my mind than even the really? tv series oh wow yeah 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 in particular like it took me a while for sarah michelle to become buffy in my head oh. because i was so attached to I, again, uh, Christy Swanson. Yeah. So. Swanson is. Yeah. I have to say, watching it properly the other night, I, I suddenly went, "Oh, I, I, she's better than I thought she was going to be." Because I don't think I'd really watched yeah. it properly. I think I maybe had watched most of it, but I hadn't watched it properly. Sat down, watched it, concentrated on it, and she is a very good Buffy. I think. Considering she's a very yeah, good Buffy. Because you're yeah. going from that Buffy is the she's a cheerleader just discovering she's a slayer. Whether when we get to the TV show, it carries on kind of tenuously that the film's already yeah. happened and when she's changed schools and she's had to move. She knows because, she's a slayer. Yeah, she's a she, slayer yeah, and she she's knows. in it. Yeah. She's tra- she's running away from it. Yeah. But she she already knows she's a slayer. So she's kind of already arrived slightly as a slayer. Uh, whether with uh, exactly. Christy, she's having to do it from zero to. I'm the Slayer, but uh, it is it yeah. is kind of 
held up by the production, but I, uh, uh, and I think they play, if they played it like they do in the TV, it should be played as it's the Lost Boys. They're playing it like yes. it's uh, uh, Beetlejuice almost, but uh, like uh, it's yes. very, yeah. it's very, very, very 80s. I'd never noticed it before, it's but very, very 80s. 80s. Yeah. But, yeah, because they really tried to go for the comic element mm. in the movie because Paul um, Paul Rubin's scene where he is the, like the second in command vampire and she she kills him. Sorry, spoiler alert, everyone. She kills uh, <laughs> Paul Rubin, and uh, his death scene is still in my mind one of the funniest death scenes because yeah. he doesn't let it end. Does it end and yeah. that's what was so funny. Like she stabs <laughs> him, he's like, ah, 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 and he like plays it and then you think he's done and then, ah, ah, and he just did such a brilliant, <laughs> that actually has gone down in a lot of like TV or movies as one of the most uh, memorable death scenes just because yeah. it was so funny he did such a great job so uh, I'm glad you brought that up yeah. because yeah when someone goes we always want to remember the no, work exactly. that they did I mean, he was more than just Pee Wee Herman more than everyone. just Pee Wee Herman he was more than just Pee Wee Herman exactly yeah. exactly and the cast yeah. is pretty impressive <laughs> for the movie it's Luke Perry's in there Donald Sutherland is the the watcher uh, and uh, Hilary Swank and yeah. uh, David Arquette and I swear I saw um, come on listen to the is, names I like know. Ricky Lake's in there as a well. Sutherland? Yes. We've got a Sutherland, Sutherland in there? I know, which is like, you know, yeah. so it's like, oh, yeah. they only played it like Lost Boys. It would have been, but then again, we wouldn't have got the TV series if it had been that successful, I think. Uh, but, but, because it, I think it was the movie that made people go, oh, this is, yeah. this could be tv Yeah. I almost wonder if the movie was a pitch for a TV series. I think it was I probably, yeah, I think it probably was. I think he wanted to probably put it out there and it just got picked up and it got sort of taken, but then it got... Um, taken away from him. But you've got Ricky Lake and you've got Ben yeah. Affleck in there as well. Ben Affleck is has one well, line. Let's not of, skip over Ricky Lake. Hang on. Know, my Ricky doppelganger. Lake. Can we just I love say, Ricky bless Lake your heart, so Ricky. Much. I love you, Ricky. Yeah. I love you, Ricky. Yeah. Go, Wasn't Ricky. Nice? Yeah. Go, Ricky. Oh, and you know, I'm a massive, massive <laughs> Hairspray fan of the original Hairspray with her and Divine. <sighs> so uh, that was a seminal movie for me. But uh, unfortunately, we can't do that at the Tracy. Horror Motel, but we could talk about Tracy Turnblad. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. she's amazing. So the film is, the uh, film is great fun i think all the human scenes work really well it's just the uh vampire stuff doesn't work quite as well uh, uh but that may be because we know what happens next i've also decided to watch the uh the half hour pilot which is based on uh welcome to the Hellmouth, uh which has a different so when it was it's five years later very much in the 90s now after that being quite 80s the film uh joss whedon creates a yeah. tv show called buffy the vampire slayer uh the the roles are recast Cheryl michelle geller of course is playing um Buffy herself uh, he also given uh, to friends uh, his Brendan uh, and oh, another actress playing Willow in the original pilot uh, and that just to show yes. one of the biggest strengths of Buffy is its casting so when they get it wrong and no offence to the original Willow because she's lovely I'm sure you did the best you could Willow you were great yeah but you were wonderful not, but uh, Alison Hannigan is one of those dream casting that comes along <sighs> and she's so vulnerable and yet every line reading I think is on its head so it's not what you expect it's not a traditional goofy geeky girl character and she literally no. knocks it out the park so much so when you when they film the 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 first proper episode it's such 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 a different show uh i think um 
the casting is just massively strong. The, the, the premise of the show is, uh, in every generation, a slayer is born to take on the vampires. She alone will stand between them and the forces of evil. So it's a generational thing. Every time a slayer dies, a new one is born. I think in the film, perhaps that's meant to be literally physically born, and then she grows up and becomes the vampire slayer. But in the TV show, it's kind of like, it's almost like a superpower that's kind of a spirit that goes into the next Slayer. So she might be whatever age. Yeah. She's normally a young girl uh, to kind of fight against that. But yes, um, she's, so she's given two best friends, uh, Nicholas uh, Brendan and Alison Hannigan, and Anthony Stewart Head plays her new Slayer. She has Charisma Cartmer as a sort of arch nemesis at the school. And Seth... Uh, Devi Boreanaz as Angel, a love interest uh, that is kind of hinted at, at the beginning. The first few episodes, we don't know he's really a vampire. Spoilers uh, that he's a sort of a, a sort of a hanging around sort of person that's going to kind of give us some information and help her on a way. We're not quite sure who he is in the first two episodes, and she's also given a. a series nemesis in the form of the Master, which is an ancient vampire underneath the. Uh, <laughs> Sunnydale, who is in a trapped in a cave and wanting to get out, and he's probably a little bit more in Buffy. The the the, the vampires are, are like demons that have like in, uh, kind of infected humans. So the vampires we see are half kind of half demon, half human. So every time they go, they they look human most most of the time, and when they need to bite somebody, they they go into vamp phase, which kind of saves uh, you know a, a young girl on a TV show having to stab <laughs> human looking people because yeah, that's vampire, why they did. It. That's why yeah. they literally did it. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and it yeah. turns, and when they hit the ground, they turn to dust. So it, they don't have to worry about corpses. Uh, I think. Uh, uh, I mean, it's so hard to sort of, sort of surmise it. Something that goes on for seven seasons. It ran for seven years uh, on two different channels. It was absolutely massive in the UK. It has got one of the biggest fan bases, I think, of any series, uh, including Star Trek and Doctor Who. It is very beloved. Uh, I think it's perfectly cast. It's brilliantly written. Uh, they use the the monsters as an, an, an allegory for uh, teenage angst and going through that. So I think yes. particularly yeah. seasons one, two, and three, whether she's still at high school, I think work particularly well because she's at high school. She, uh, my favourite season is season four when she goes to college. Uh, and then I think things then get a bit more serious and a bit more or adult. Um, but it's just beautifully cast. So the first episode I saw myself was uh, season two uh, in that era of Angel uh, turning evil. But uh, we're going to be talking about the first two episodes. Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest. Yeah. Now, do you remember when and where you saw the show, Alison? So I remember, again, I remember specifically seeing the movie. Right. Uh, and then the TV show, I remember seeing. Yeah, I remember it. I think I remember watching it at a sleepover. I saw it at a sleepover <laughs> oh, with wow. some girlfriends. Yeah. And they were like, you know, everyone loved Buffy. Um, again, I hadn't fully jumped into the TV mm -hmm. show because, I, I don't know, I, I loved the movie and at that time. But uh, then I watched, uh, started watching it with them at the sleepover. And I think we, we just kept going. We watched as much as we could. Because, yeah. again, I think they had it on, like, you know, so we just watch, 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 watch. Um, and I fell in love because I, I love SMG. I love mm. Sarah Mich Michelle Geller. Oh, uh, she's gosh, yes. wonderful. 
I mean, she's so great. She's such a she's such a great character. And but personally, my favorite is Willow because yes. I think we see such a growth in the character oh. of Willow from even the first the first two episodes that we're mainly you know thinking about right now. But when you see the development of Willow as a, as a she, when she becomes a woman, yes. I mean, it is such a oh. uh, you grow with her, and that's mm. what I thought was so lovely because. If you ever felt a little nerdy, a little left out, a little, you just identified. Because look, Buffy was hot. She was, you know, the, Willow was the character that if you, you know, you felt a little out of place, you, yeah. you were like, I'm like Willow. Like Willow yeah, was the, yeah, yeah. the every girl if you were yeah, looking to belong. Mm. I'm okay. I'm being vulnerable. Like I just, so Willow for me was what really brought me in because I just loved her. Yes. I loved her. Yeah. Totally, yeah, so, totally. Uh, yeah, that's that's the first time I really remember watching it was with a, a group of other girls, which is interesting because you know we talked about V last week and how Diana was one of the you know uh, you know New York Times top five whatever, yeah. and we look at Buffy. It just goes to show that that women and girls are always looking for for someone yes. to to be that empowering figure. Mm. I think that is why Buffy mm. was what it was, and in yes. fact, universities there. Are universities and schools that literally yes. study Buffy? Buffy yeah. um, many film and television academics have been attracted to Buffy uh, mm. because of the literary and cultural analysis, mm-hmm. the development of women, feminism, what it spoke to. It wasn't just a TV teeny show. It, no. it literally no. spoke to the times and what was happening. And it was a, a female empowerment, I, yeah. I think. It was. It really was. Yeah. Hey, this is what's happening. And you are all vampire slayers within yourselves. <laughs> exactly. Bring it. You know what I mean? It was yes. a real, like, yeah, yeah. And so I just love that there are sociology, psychology, philosophy, and women's studies groups around the world still focusing on, on Buffy yes. the Vampire Slayer, which um, is. Monumental. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Monumental. Yeah. And it's so, so it should be. This, is, this series yeah. is absolutely seminal. Um, I remember, so I remember watching this first episode where, where the, I think it's the angel changes into being evil again. Uh, and weirdly, my fl- in this very flat I'm in now, um, my flatmate Darcy at the time, uh, Russell, his nickname's Darcy, uh, but he, in a different universe, before we'd met and kind of he moved in here, he had also watched that particular episode. And when I moved into oh. that, weird, it, strange coincidence, we watched the same episode at the start with. And we also, uh, when I first moved into this flat, in this room, when it was all full of boxes of stuff, all the DVDs behind. In fact, we, we have, if you're watching this on the YouTube version, um, behind me is all the Buffy episode, box sets and the Angel box sets. Um, I sat here with the TV on, a big TV, which is like, I've got this really thin TV next to me now. The TV I had there was the same size, but like, you know, eight times as wide. And I had the season four Blu-ray in there and it just was playing the 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 holding thing, the pattern, which was, I think, the music from Hush, the, the Gentleman episode, which yeah. is that really scary, like, sting thing. Uh, I think it's Hush. I One of the all-time oh, no, no. scariest. Yes. No, I tell you, like, the music is the, is the music, creepy music from when she's in the hospital and that monster's attacking the children in the hospital. It's that music, terrifying music. Uh, and I still can picture that in the corner of this room. So that's oh, 22, 21, 22 years ago now in this room. Never thought I'd be speaking about Buffy on a podcast. I didn't know what podcasts were back then, 20 uh, <laughs> odd years later. Isn't that strange? It's just freaky yeah. talking about it. But it's that important to me. I also believe without Buffy, it's very obvious that you wouldn't get the revival of Doctor Who because Doctor Who was off the air from 1990 to 2005. And it was very much to do with Buffy's success that we got 
got the revival for Doctor Who and that Russell could pitch it to the point where the papers were saying they wanted Anthony Stewart Head to play the Doctor. He did come in and play a baddie in season two with David Tennant and the return of Sarah Jane Smith. Uh, but you know, we would still have loved him to be the Doctor, obviously. Because uh, it was, I was watching it going, I think that's why it spoke to me. I went, oh my God, this is like Doctor Who, but the, the emphasis is on the companion rather than the Doctor. And of course, when the show came back, yep. the emphasis for the, you know, for a bit was on Billy Piper rather than just the Doctor. Uh, and so you can yes. really see that Buffy analogy there. Though, um, so all, for, for all of that, uh, the show is created to subvert the the, the blonde uh, female character in horror movies that wanders down an alley and gets killed by a monster. In this version, uh, Joss Whedon wanted to have the, the blonde victim become the hero, which is very true. And I think that's that layer yeah. that just goes throughout the entire series that you know Buffy's his perky blonde but actually can kick ass I love mm-hmm. in the opening scene we have a character do a double uh, double whammy on that that we see in the pilot uh, the, the unbroadcast pilot and then in Welcome to the Hellmouth episode one uh, you see two teenagers break into a school a boy and a girl and the girl's kind of in a in a school uniform and uh he you think he's going to be a bit slimy or he's the monster perhaps and she's like what was that oh gosh are we alone he goes yeah we're alone he goes good she turns around to the camera and full vamp face and she bites him and that is Dala who becomes a very important character down the line but at this point she's kind of like a bit like a rent a rent a baddie but uh you know that works for the master but she becomes much more important later on uh but I love that double take that I think that sets up the show Mm -hmm. perfectly that it's not what you're going to expect it's going to be a bit different uh the bit it's very famous for having a great sense of humor uh and but also being quite scary uh and you know adventure and it's drama and it's you know everything you can want and i think those two episodes uh viewed as viewed as one uh are setting sets the show up perfectly that buffy arrives with her mother oh and also she's the mother in the show is just beautifully played as well what scares me now she's probably (laughs) she's probably younger than me (laughs) that's the scary bit god i know i know you're like Um, that was a mom uh, christian sullivan as as joyce as joyce yes she's so sweet right she's so like trying to be strong trying to you know lay down the law and buffy's like Mm. all right mom come on like it's so yeah yeah it's cute she's a pretty good mom she's pretty really lovely you know the elements the the, the mom isn't i don't think the mom's in the film is she and she doesn't have the best friends of willow and zander in the in the she has kind of like mean girl friends in uh, which so uh, again when you have charisma carpenter uh come into it uh, uh, as Cordelia, you kind of think Cordelia is going to be her friend because in the first scene we, we see Cordelia, she's actually quite nice with Buffy, and then they yeah. run into Willow, and she's very and she's mean to mean, Willow, mean to Willow in a glorious yeah. way, obviously. But you know, in like the softer side of Sears, I think is one of the best lines in TV history. I think um, it, she, but you realise, oh, you're <laughs> you're a mean girl, and the fact that Buffy then goes, oh no, I'm fine, I'll go with Willow, and I'll you know I'll become friends with Willow and Sander, and that kind of they also have well, a double... What I love... Sorry, darling. Go ahead. No, no, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that we have the... Uh, I forgot the guy's name, though, but we they also do a lovely um, double take of having an extra character with Xander and Willow. Uh, uh, I forgot his name. That gets... Um, that then gets killed off. You think he's going to be part of the main Scooby gang, as they are later called. Uh, yeah. But then he becomes a vampire and uh, it, you know, is drawn to the to the dark side. And I, that's, again, just showing this is 
not going to be something you're expecting this show. Yeah, this was one of the early days where, like, you think main character gets killed quickly. Yeah, exactly. Like that, I think that threw people a lot because you're yes. like, no, no, wait, but we invested but, in him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I loved, uh, I loved personally, again, being a girl and, uh, mm. you know, having to deal with, like, girl friendships and weird games and especially at that young <laughs> oh, of an yes, age right yes, where there's yes. cool kids and not cool kids to see Buffy choose to be friends with Willow mm. over the popular girl but then still see her maintain relationships and in the end we all have relationships and all of them come together yes it, it, it spoke a lot to me at that time you know again feeling like the outcast feeling like the Willow that someone would choose Willow and then in the end she she kind of stood for like bringing all of the groups together right yes. that's kind of yeah, what exactly. Buffy was Buffy and she was does like, she does especially yeah. it, uh, and it's hard to talk about this without jumping forward loads isn't it I because because they have a um, the end of season three when they have a um, uh, a ball uh, for the end of high school they, that she gets given an umbrella uh, to say for looking after all they they realize it they 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 fudge it and they they think that everybody has a short term memory loss <laughs> the, the fact that they've seen monsters or werewolves and vampires and zombies and ghouls running around a lot of the time that people just excuse it away by you know it's a gas leak huh? um uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> so i Oh God! It's just—it's so hard to talk about it without talking about it as an entire show because it the goes thing, on so much. Yeah. But these two episodes do set up the show extremely well. You're—you're uh, you're pretty much rooting for everybody. You know, you know who the characters are. That it's—you know, it's witty. You know, it's funny. Uh, in the second episode, that the—they're going. They're going to try and break the master out of his like sort of bubble cage <laughs> of like force field by <laughs> one of the. Um, the anointed kind of going out and kind of drinking the blood at the the, the bronze which is the nightclub and uh, you know as soon as he feeds it will strengthen the master and of course Buffy turns up and kicks ass and you know everything and they they have to sort of draw together to become um, you know to fight the baddies and I think that's that's the difference between the film and the TV show is that she has this best friend group and that's also yes. what makes her stronger than previous slayers because she has this best friend group uh, yes. uh and the relationship between her and and the, her watcher giles as well so i th i think that's what makes buffy different to the other slayers in the past is that she has this sort of backup gang that can't kind of kind of help uh and of course they get stronger and stronger as the years go by um, mm -hmm. a lot of people have i think at this point xander is kind of played uh, or written uh, perfectly for a teenage boy uh, later on in the series and uh, people have more of a problem nowadays with his character being toxic um, which is probably true but also it's like well that's life that's kind of he's not going to be you know he's perfect is he but like you know he does yeah. do some questionable things later down the line uh, but at the moment at this point he's kind of it's, he's a teenage boy what, what you know what were you expecting uh, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the, especially in the 90s it's kind of like it's some really, yeah, it's... I, the 90s was the peak of toxic... Yes, toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? Yes, Where it was, it really it was, was. accepted mm. and taught. Like, mm. look at the movies. Look at what was going on. So his behavior, actually, when you look at it for what it was at that time, he was actually written rather nicely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, think, I hate yeah, to say it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. He's like... Um, and they actually do... Um, subvert that toxic masculinity there's the swim team episode isn't there where they, they they're kind of actually being sort of blasted with chemicals and they they turn into creatures from the black lagoon um 
uh, that that and football team uh, characters that are quite toxic. There's the one character that turns yeah. out to be gay that's actually um, on the football team, which I thought was quite sweet, very early on for that sort of thing. I think you've got Dawson's Creek on at the time as well on the yeah. same channel, uh, which I think what's which kind of empowered Buffy as well doing that in short in America. Uh, yeah, here, yeah. I think it weirdly, I think here it really worked because it was on at, I say, six o'clock, slightly edited down, uh, only particularly yeah. overt violence. And then the, the full episode was shown at 11 o'clock for like grown ups. And that's I'm where. I'm blown away that there were two mm. showings because when I read a that, day. because yeah, it said in the UK because they had the early, the pre watershed, mm. and then they had the post watershed. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, Double and, showings. Yeah. It's, and it's weirdly, it's happened with other things. I remember The Mighty Boosh, which is a very surreal comedy that was on BBC oh, Three. I know The Mighty Boosh. Yeah. yeah. Season one. I came in with season two of that. Season one was shown apparently at six o'clock on BBC Two type of thing. And kids loved it because it was kind of a bit trippy 70s TV show like we all, we all yeah. grew up with. I grew up with anyway. You're younger than me, Alison. But um, <laughs> it's, and people, and kids love Mighty Boosh, which I find strange. Uh, with Buffy, I was like, I, I a bit like some other things Buffy particularly I'm like oh I'm so jealous that people got to grow up with this as a teenager I wish I was like 15 years younger and watching yeah. this as a teenager and and growing up with it as well because it does have a huge arc of growing you know going from being um much more adult by the end because she's, you know, yeah. she's seven years later and uh, she's like 20 early 20s at that point so she you know it's a big 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 uh, arc that they go through and so many big characters I've, I've noticed a few friends have started watching it as well and I'm like oh I can't say anything because mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it and I think one friend had just started uh, season two um, he was in Game Night with my co-host on the other podcast, uh, Bunny and the Beast, in Game Night, and he uh, he just started season two, Elliot, and he just started season two. I was like, oh, Spike and Trusilla are about to arrive, and it's the biggest game changer, I think, of like characters being added into a show because they it is they very Lost Boys character was Spike, uh-huh. Spike, and Drusilla is this guy. Both of them had the best. He had to- English he had to dye his hair blonde. Oh. He had to dye his hair blonde every eight days. Oh God! Every yeah, eight days to yeah. maintain that. Yeah, you'd have to. Do I, it I, I think I'm now. I'm like, are you bald? What are you yeah, up to exactly. now? Your poor hair. Like eight it's, days peroxiding your hair every, like once every a week. Once a week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. But listen, they do. They've just been doing. I follow them both on social media, and they um they do joint signings at the moment they will like they will do they were will um live stream it as well so now he's kind of because he was older anyway i think at the time i think he was well, i say old yeah. he's probably in his 30 early 30s at that point so yeah. that's you know 30 years later it's you know, whatever but he's kind of he's because he's great gone gray quite a lot now it's almost like he looks more like spike now as himself <laughs> without ble- you know because he doesn't have to bleach his hair anymore yeah. so it's like oh that's really weird it's kind of come around but they look and, and juliet uh, landau looks exactly the same it's just i love her so much it's just so glorious there's so many other and they're, 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 they're these amazing big characters that come into it later on as the, the big baddies and then become kind of you know uh, Spike becomes part of the gang um, but it's I think Angel is very important in the show David Boreanaz as, as Angel yeah. he's kind of a square cut hero type of character but again has got that brooding sexuality and I think it gives it that ele- that romance element now that's a very oh, important yeah. so obviously we're only talking about the first two episodes which, which we probably have abandoned quite quickly haven't we uh, but were you team Angel or were you team Spike Alison I think I was probably team Angel until mm. until we we see 
what yes. happens. We'll see what happens. I think I'm team mm-hmm. Riley. When you give it up, they <laughs> fuck off. That's what happens, everyone. That's uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I always say I'm team team Riley, which is the boyfriend from the for the college years. Um, because you can't choose between those other two, other two. I think I am. Hard. It's always it's angel all the way, always, always and forever. Yeah. Because you kind of want to see that play out. And um, I think because he was the first right mm. kind of love interest, so we yes. we've invested so much yes. time, exactly. and there's been so much more tension, and it's just yeah. gone on. I mean, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, I think so, it, I'm always a bit like that. It's like Rory and her first, first boyfriend and Gilmore Girls. You kind of just always there's other loves of a life that comes along. It's like you kind of always want the first love to carry on when it comes to drama, but of course that's never happens in reality. So why would it happen in drama? But for some reason, you, you want because that because yeah. we want it to play out right yeah. we all want that first love to be our forever love and so when yes. we get to see it on screen we're so excited about that because we're like exactly. see it happens no it doesn't everyone and if you are in love with your very first love well you're very lucky you are, you're very lucky you're very lucky or, uh, yeah, you're one percent or are you or are you lucky anyway moving on I'm just saying the day comes where you might look back in time and go, God, I missed a few opportunities, didn't I? I could have had a few more before. Anyway. Well, can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine being still with your first love? Wow. Wow. I, I, and I'm not wow. insulting it. Those couples that are out there, good for you. But like, wow, that's wow. a very different. You don't, you didn't have the opportunity to make enough mistakes. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> You know, oh, I got a whole goodness. list of mistakes. Uh, <laughs> I learned uh, a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, um, yes. I know we're just sitting here thinking about our first loves and that's what we're like, doing. We're like, exactly. well, that's what that, well, that's what Angel and Buffy is. Uh, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Not that that happens for a few episodes down the line because it, it, we don't know he's a vampire in the, at, at this moment. But um, it is... Uh, uh, is one of the great and I th- I'm not even sure there's a much chemistry between them in these first episodes actually it's kind of he's kind of more like a no. man of mystery isn't he he's kind of like he, yeah, know, he just, just pops in and is like hey yeah. let me tell you this and she's like who yeah. the hell are you telling me anything yeah. which I kind of like that's I think also why we're into Angel because we're like you see her just being so like whatever like yes yeah it's yes. very yeah it's very yeah. early yeah. stages of it isn't it and then um mm-hmm. uh i and i think his casting is quite unique as well because i don't think they could cast angel and he i think he might have been a bit of a it's a bit like a harrison ford as in like you know harrison ford was the carpenter and he just kind of like oh, you over there come here read hans uh it was a bit like that i think they were really yeah. trying to hunt hunt him down and they someone i think had seen him running in the loke around mm-hmm. la and kind of managed to track him down and persuade him to come in for the for the audition uh i don't know if he was maybe running yeah recognized his talent as he ran (laughs) (laughs) that man looks very talented the way he's running let's find him yes exactly because he is you know he's a very beautiful man um Uh still is still very much is still very very much is and he's you know he's gone on to great great fabulous things and great tv shows i love bones i love the show he did bones that was a great show oh Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that really great. And I think he's doing this kind of uh, soldier sort of. Um, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, it's uh, anyway. He's done a long running. He does a lot of long running. He, one show after another. Very popular boy. Um, uh, he's you know he's great. But he, I, I think what he brings to the role is a sort of a brooding. It's what will then become 
capitalized in the twilight movies uh even more yeah. so uh it is oh you know, yeah it's amazing because if, if my friends haven't seen buffy uh, they, but they will say like oh, I've, but i've watched twilight or they've watched i zombie what it's called or they, they've watched shows yeah, like, which are basically watered down ripoffs of buffy the vampire slayer this oh. is the archetype um which is amazing to think something as quite as big as that was created not that long ago it's not like it's the we get a lot of revival of 60s shows like star trek and doctor who that's still going to the to this day this show was in the late 90s almost 2000s it's weird isn't it it's it's not mm-hmm. that long ago i still miss it isn't that strange i still really Aww. miss the show you miss your friends you miss your friends yeah i really miss them yeah uh and yeah. uh i think it was again massive in the uk like we were talking yeah. last, like with V, this was huge in the UK, even bigger than I think it was in America, because I think it is, it is quite a British, although it's very Americana in many ways, the the gothic element of it is very British. And because Giles yes. is there, it's very British. It's a bit like having Joan Collins on Dynasty. It was very much a hook into the show. But I think even if they didn't have that, yeah. it's have that English voice in there. It's still even though Giles isn't Giles American. He's American. no, he's British. He's British. No, is he's from British? The, yeah, he's from the UK. Yeah, because um, he, he goes in a back. Series of coffee commercials. Did you know? Yes, that's how yes, I knew. it did. That's how I knew hey, him originally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was quite a, a series of commercials. This mm. whole line of commercials. Uh, that's where I remember I knew him yes, from. Yes, yes. Taster's mm, Choice, and he basically Nescafe, Nescafe, Nescafe. Yeah, Nescafe is Taster's Choice, and it's a whole like mm. ongoing romance between these two neighbors. So, like yes. the first commercial is she comes down and knocks on the door and asks to borrow some coffee. I need some coffee. I have some company over, and he gives her, you know, Nescafe. <sighs> then the next time he sees her, the next commercial is like. How was how was the dinner party? And it's like there's tension, yeah. and it's like this went on for years. years. This yeah, like years. Yeah, relationship yeah. building between these two people in a in a commercial till in the end they end up together and everything. Because the first time I watched Buffy, I was like, why is he so familiar? And then when I was yeah. looking for interesting facts, I was like, oh my god, I know. the Nescafe commercials, like yeah. He's and they were then. around for so long. Yeah, they were. And it was they the were, first set of commercials yeah. that were done like a like a story, like and like a, a, and like a yeah. movie as well. They were shot beautifully like as well. I think you yeah. had those, and you had a, a lovely friend of mine who I worked with years ago, Linda Bellingham, as the ox, the Oxo mum. You know, like the gravy thing. They had an Oxo yes. family in the UK, so that was she was the mum in the family, uh, and like, she's passed away now, unfortunately, a few years ago. But she's got such a one again. I miss her very much indeed. She was a wonderful woman to work Aww. with, and. Um, uh, and uh, Anthony Stewart Head, though, is, talk, we were talking about this last week when we were talking about pantomime, um, is, uh, was it last week or this episode? <laughs> I've lost track now. <laughs> well, I think it was this episode. I'm pretty it sure we're episode. talking about pantomime. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was this episode. <laughs> got, got, too, got too excited about Buffy then. Um, is I saw Anthony Stewart Head as Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Show in 1990. <gasps> Oh, in, in a theatre, yeah, in the Piccadilly Theatre, which I worked at many years later. So uh, in the mid 80s, I saw Rocky Horror in 85 when it first shown on TV in the UK in 1985, 10 years after it'd been made. At the time, it wow. felt like decades. Now it's a blip, isn't it? Uh, and then the, for the rest of the 80s, they had these real uh, shows that come out of the Kenneth Moore Theatre, which I now know is a real place. I think I've been there now, but it's a quite small theatre. But it was quite, they were quite gung ho productions that they obviously got the copyright for the, the 
80s and it was but it was massively successful and then Richard O'Brien took back the copyright and did a West End version which is much more starker and a bit more 90s and edgier and uh, I've forgotten his name now Tim he plays Lord Darcy in Blackadder uh, with uh, in in Blackadder anyway he was the original um, Frankenfurter he only did six months and the rest of the cast are doing a year and then, and when the time I saw it, six months in, so I was only about nineteen at the time. Um, Angie Stewart Head had taken over as uh, Frankenverter, and I've seen a lot of Rocky Horrors, uh, a lot of Rocky Horrors, uh, many, 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 many productions. Still not ever been in it. I'm still ready to be cast. Uh, I think now I'd have to be in the narrator, uh, but I would love to play. I would love to play Magenta just so to seeing science fiction double feature. But um, oh. yeah, uh, but again, talking about archetypes, I don't fit into the ar- archetypes that are in Rocky Horror, unfortunately. But in a weird sidestep, me hosting horror films is like the narrator in the Rocky Horror Show. I just somehow yes. ended up playing that role. Uh, but yeah, he was incredible as Frankenfurter. I bet. Uh, I bet. I, he was just amazing. So it was like again because you were used to him from the the from the coffee commercials, and this is before Giles. But what was cute though, after playing Giles, he they did a TV special. I think probably for the twentieth anniversary, or maybe the twenty fifth on American TV, and he replies his role as Frankenfurter for this little concert TV concert of, oh, of Rocky Horror. Oh, that's great! So can, and he's just he's an incredible singer, uh, and yeah, he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, I loved him for that. So when I saw him, he he was playing the show. So I'd start with season uh, two, but I went back and got the DVD of season one. So season one to me always feels a bit newer, strangely, because I didn't see it sure. first. Strangely, yeah. but I yeah. think now I'm so used. Now I've seen it seventy thousand times, so it's very. It, that's why it's hard just to isolate these two episodes because it's like the whole it's show, so every hard. scene is burnt into my mind. I like, know. It's it's one of your greatest loves. Mm. Um, okay, so let me go through uh, some other yes. interesting facts that you may, I'm sure you do know these, but I just always like to yes. point these out. So, um, uh, Buffy, so SMG, Sarah Michelle Gellar's favorite mm-hmm. episodes, The Prom, Hush, oh. and The Body. Oh, I The Body. Watch. Oh. oh, The Body. I'm going to look up oh. Hush, because Hush looked terrifying, Hush but is just the your reaction yeah. to the body. Yeah, I, I Hush think I'll watch those. Yeah, the two most famous episodes, Hush and the musical episode, Once More We're Feeling, are probably the most famous episodes. But weirdly, they're the most un-Buffy-esque episodes. Hush is when everyone loses their voice. And obviously, with Once More We're Feeling, they sing because they've been possessed by demons that make them a demon that makes them sing. So awesome. they're the most un-Buffy-esque episode, but they're also so freaking incredible and the body is traumatizing uh i'd lost hush looked creepy those uh, the character the monster that i saw in hush i was like i have had nightmares about that exact exactly you know so so those were so i thought that was interesting uh the concept for buffy originated from a screenplay written Mm -hmm. by josh whedon entitled ronda the immortal waitress this is the screenplay that was I originally. I only read that today, funny enough, for the first time yeah. ever. And I, and I weirdly, and I only just, just discovered that. I was like, I'd never heard of that before in my life. I was like, but it kind of makes I sense, know. doesn't it? It kind of, you kind of get, oh yeah, that kind of works, yeah. And she becomes absolutely, a waitress. Absolutely. There's an episode where, beginning of season three, she she, be, she becomes a waitress for an episode. So. She becomes a waitress. Hmm. Uh, SMG also up for the lead in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Did you know Ooh. Michelle Geller was almost going to be no, Sabrina I didn't the Teenage know that, Witch? Actually, no. But then she went with Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Sunnydale High School, the high school that we see in the first series, and I think the rest of it, is the same high school that was used in Beverly Hills 90210. Mm-hmm. It is the same high school that was used in The Secret Life of an American Teacher. It was in the same uh, She's All That, Bruce Almighty, and Not Another Teen Movie. This uh, is a very popular uh, school. Here. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, Buffy the Vampire season one only had three sets, three Ooh. sets in total. So it was uh, the library, mm-hmm. Buffy's bedroom, uh, and the school. That's it. Those are the yes. three, three sets the whole time, which is pretty incredible for that time uh, because they were all about sets. Uh, we know that it was originally a film. Uh, what else? Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer edited for UK audiences, which I think was crazy. I did not know that. Uh, Willow, last character to be casted. Um, and I think, what did it cost? Was it, it cost $2,000 for each dusting. So every time the vampires (laughs) turn to dust, that was one of the major costs. It was $2,000 every single time for the dusting. Yeah. Yeah. And Buffy... Yeah. Well, I was just saying that the the effects because the digital probably haven't aged as well. There there is a there is a, a cleaned up widescreen versions now you get on Disney Plus, but they've mm-hmm. kept the original effects. I do kind of think I wouldn't mind seeing now an upgraded special effects. It wouldn't take a lot, you know, but it, it would be yeah. nice for them to redo the effects. I think, but unlike the Star Trek yet. ones, they haven't up they haven't they haven't done a great remastering like they have with Friends and. And uh, Frasier and uh, Star Trek. Um, uh, the, it, it's all right, but it has a lot of flaws. The the upgrade for Buffy, unfortunately. It's true, true. And the last thing that I thought was really interesting, given the world that we live in now, uh, Buffy was the first show to use the word Google as a verb. Oh. It was Willow who would say, "Google it. Have you Googled that? Google it. Oh. Google it." It was the first. Yeah. TV show to ever yeah. use Google as a verb, oh, I did not and it was know Willow's that. character always saying Google, Google, Google. That now we you, we don't even think of it, right? Google no. it or look it up or not. but that was the first TV show that How ever crazy. really used it as a verb. Isn't that interesting? It has a lot of lot of firsts, and if you've never seen it, I I you know I cannot highly more highly recommend Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's on Disney Plus now. You can get it, you know, in many places. Sometimes it might be worth. It's weird because the first three seasons in the UK were shown in Square TV, you know, four by three, and then in in four, five, six, and seven in the UK were always in widescreen. In America, that wasn't a thing, so they're quite unused to the widescreen versions. But we we we've always had those. Go pick up a DVD. Go watch it on Disney Plus. I cannot impressed enough that it's it's so great so anyway okay so we could go on for months about this it's gonna be um but i knew this would happen because it's it's one of the longest episode yet but we knew it was gonna happen it's It's absolutely fine yeah and it just went like in a blink of an eye didn't it so alison big question where on earth where on earth would you put buffy the vampire slayer in the horror motel Okay, I thought about it. I thought long and hard, and I'll tell you why I've made this choice. I have decided that I would like to check Buffy uh, into our library. Uh, we say library. We say library, but it's you know we've got some magazines and a few books. But our library area, our reading yes. corner, our library. Yes. I am checking it into the library because to me, in the first season, the library was yeah. where it all kind of came together yeah. with the characters, and it was such a. Now that being said, the cast members, if they heard me say that, would hate that because their most hated scenes 
were in the library. <laughs> All of the cast was so excited for season two so they could stop going in the goddamn library. <laughs> they all said that. They said the library scenes were the hardest ones for them to do. They don't know what it was. Uh, so I'm sorry to keep yeah. you perpetually there, but I am checking Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> into our library. I suppose the library yeah. scenes are a bit like wedding scenes and soap operas. Everybody has to be there. And it doesn't. Yes. You're, you're probably you're standing around a lot, but we're having one line every five scene, every five pages. Yeah, that's possibly yeah. why it becomes the yeah. magic shop later on, doesn't it? The magic shop becomes like the new kind of hangout place. But you do need you the know like, you yeah. need a you need a place for the hangout. That's wonderful choice, Alison, to put it into Thank the you. library. Oh gosh, well there we go. We've uh, we've waxed lyrical about our one of our loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer so until next time on the Horror Motel from me Bunny Galore it's goodbye and from Alison June Smith it is a see you next week <laughs> <laughs>